I've got a couple of questions from listeners for you. Oh, really? Okay. I'm just going to say, one of our favorite guests was Ron Liebman. There you go. He had stories like, he would tell them with bongo drums. Did he ever do any bongo drums? No, we didn't. he didn't bring the bongos, but he's... No, he was, not bongo. He would do it oh. like... Uh, Oh, give me the drum roll. Yeah, because yeah. my Rottweiler went after his arm at the dining room table when he was doing the bongos. My Rottweiler did this, and he went, get your dog off my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and Philo was hanging from his arm. We loved him. And he said, get your dog off my arm. Philo, he dropped him. You'd gone way back with Jessica, as we said before, because you were in a neighborhood playhouse. Weren't they wonderful which, We together? had them together. In fact, I'll send you the episode. Oh, we had please them together, do. And they were just, it's my favorite show that we've done out of 400. They were so in love. Yeah, it was just, it was magical. And she was my best friend. You know, I lost people. her recently. I know, we, lo- we loved oh her God. and we were sad by that. But Oh, and Vincent Price. Oh, he was so dear. I'm off camera with him. You would have loved this guy. And and he's got his his hands here on me. Or was it all the way around? He was like this. That's it. And I said, Vincent. <laughs> I turned and looked at him and said, we're not going on camera now. He said, oh, I know, darling. I just love what I do so much. Oh. That's sweet. Uh, yeah. That was a TV movie called What's a Nice Girl Like You from yeah, 1971. I just love what I do so. You know, the, yeah. to be in the movies. I just passionate. love what we do so much. This is this is Trevor Douglas was going to ask that question, Gil. You jumped. You jumped uh, oh, what was he going to ask? Working with Roddy McDowell, Jack Warden, and Vincent Price in the TV movie What's a, What's well, a Nice Girl Like You. all of them were like. Uh, you like Jack Warden? I loved him. He yeah. was hysterical. Yeah. Guess who knew how funny he was? Warren Beatty. He was when funny. he put him in that movie with, about wait. the hair. Well, first, oh, shampoo first. Yeah, yeah. Then heaven can wait. You know what? It was Warren Beatty that made a star out of Jack Warden because he knew. Well, Jack Warden was great in the Sidney Lumet movie, uh, Twelve Angry Men. Yes, Jack oh, was great. Always at great. That. great. Always great. great. In the verdict. But then he was funny. Because Jack had you laughing like crazy when you were around him. It was Warren Beatty that realized that he was a comedian. I love and, that. And, and most importantly, yeah. he was in all three Problem Child movies. With Gilbert. Was he? With yes. Gilbert. <laughs> and was he great? Yes. Gilbert he was worked terrific. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't have scenes together, but he was a funny guy. Funny. Yeah. See, nobody knew how funny he was. <laughs> And it was Warren that spotted it for whatever reasons and gave him that part of that guy in the movie yeah. who was the lover for Julie Christie. <laughs> the movie that Lee won the Oscar for that, that beat the you. The landlord? Out, that what's that? The landlord? No, the that for shampoo. When you were oh, you right. were up against Lee. Yeah, she came up to me, you know what she said? Well, I'm older. <laughs> it's interesting too because she beats you for that Oscar. You yes. were up for once is not enough. She won for shampoo, but she ends up directing you to your Emmy. Oh, oh in, yeah, that's in, right. In the shape of things. In the shape of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if I'm at her house and I'm having dinner, and we're just all telling stories like we do here, this is great. I'm so glad you invited me. Thank you, you darling men. This is just great. <laughs> But we're telling stories. Lee will take me downstairs, and you know her age, and she will put me into a cab, and she will say, she will kiss me goodbye, and she will say, you were brilliant tonight. Brilliant. Love it. And so, you know, that coming from her means a lot. 
to this day. I had dinner with Lee, and she never told me I was brilliant. (laughs) Now I'm heartbroken. We told a lot of stories that night. She's the best. Marion Paul, I would love to ask Brenda what she remembers about the great George Hamilton. Gilbert brought up Ron Liebman and Zara, the gay blade. Did he? What did he say? Did he love him? Huh? No, I said Gilbert just brought up the same movie. Ron Ron and George Hamilton. Oh, weren't they funny together? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ron had me laughing every day. Oh, my God, he was funny. Yeah. Is it a happier set when you're making a comedy? Yes. Like that? Yes. Yes. Everybody kind of is a little bit looser, and you hear a lot of laughing, and it's a looser set. It's more fun. Interesting. Because everybody's having fun. It can get tense. You know, there are things that happen that are can be, you know, kind of nightmarish, but overall... Uh, it's great fun. We great we were fun. thrilled to have Ron, and we'd love to get George, but he's been he's been uh, he's George. Been, he's been Hamilton. Well, what's he, he been? He's been elusive. We haven't been able to get him on Why? this show. I Why don't know. Is... We keep working on it. We won't he's... give up. I think he's heard the show. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to send him this one, Brenda. He would love to be on this show. George would love it. Ter- and talk about somebody charming and we love fun, him. And, and a storyteller. I love him. His stories are brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Terry Beatty has a question for Brenda. Uh, do we dare ask uh, Brenda about Andrea Martin's impression of her on SCTV? I adore it. <laughs> <laughs> I, Spoofing her playtext tampon. Is her tampon name Terry? As. Terry Beatty is a guy. Oh, Terry, yeah. I adore it. I laugh every time. And when that we do, we were doing Christmas Carol with Colin. Uh, remember last year on the in the theater they did the Christmas Carol, Christmas and 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 George C. Scott. Oh, Son. oh, Campbell Scott did Christmas Carol. Yeah, right. That's okay, right. she was in that. She was Christmas later, oh, Andrea, Christmas yeah, first. She, yeah, she's the best. She came up to me early before the show started because the show opens and they're all walking down the aisles handing you oranges or apples, you know, to sort of set the whole kind of Christmas spirit. And she came and she leaned down and she said, Brenda, did you ever see the commercial that I imitate when I imitated you? And I went, yes, I have seen seen it, and I thought you were just absolutely <laughs> brilliant, and you had it right down. She started to laugh. You know, because, oh, that was it. You yeah. know, you were absolutely brilliant, and <laughs> you had it down perfectly what I did. She was like, she laughed. She loved it. Tell Tell us what Lucy said to you, because again, before, <laughs> before we turn on the mics, we were getting such good stuff too here with uh, with Brenda. Brenda did a pilot, I think six. I want to say it was sixty six, on the Desi Lou lot, right? With two of our podcast guests, Richard Benjamin and Joel Gray, oh my God. and it was called Lucky Penny. <laughs> you were Penny. And by the way, you were wacky and ditzy. I don't think Penny was so lucky that she never got on the air. But what what did Lucy say to you? Oh, she was very sweet at at one point. Uh she said she turned off the recorder and she said, Brenda, are you in love? And I said, Yes, I think so, yes. Marty Freed was in my life at the time. And she said, Well, listen to me, I'm gonna give you some advice. She said, you're going to get married, and you're going to have your kids right away. I said, what? She said, yeah, that's what you're going to do if you listen to me, because you got to have your kids when you're young. Otherwise, she said, I had mine too late because it was career, career, career. Listen to me. Have your kids get married. Have your kids. It's important to have a family before it's too late. I'm not going to be there as long as I should be. How about that? Isn't that something? How about that, Gil? 
Wow. I thought it was really touching. Yeah. Of course, she... I didn't do it. You didn't... know, the flow of your career. Yeah, sure, of course. It's like you try to fight it. Didn't she say something like, I heard you've got a mouth on you? Oh, yeah, the minute I walked in to do her show, she said, I hear you got a mouth on you. Because, <laughs> I mean, she did, too. She would have loved you, Gilbert. You know? <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, Anybody that was free to say what they wanted to say, you know, that's who she was. She said what she thought. Jonathan Sloman, who was our friend who's uh, from across the pond, uh, I need to ask Brenda about the great Peter Cook. Who you made Supergirl with. He was a genius. He was. We were doing bits. I we... think he probably knows. You know he's, uh, he's Derek and Clive get yeah, the Derek horn. Yeah, Derek and Clive. We were doing Every, Derek and Clive bits I know here. we were doing bits. And... <laughs> yeah. What was it? Do it, honey. The one-legged Tarzan? Oh, yeah. yes. He says, no, no, your right leg is wonderful. We, <laughs> we love your right leg. We have nothing against your right leg, but... The problem is neither do you. <laughs> and it's the part of Tarzan, you yes. see. He has two legs. <laughs> if our listeners don't know that sketch, please find it. They also did it on Saturday Night Live. But, I mean, he was back a genius, a comedic genius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was the first show they did? What was the name of the very first show was that all of them did? On Broadway, and not only but also, or um, no? Oh, what the hell was that thing called? Oh God, the I'm first show my, that uh, all of them did. My British show. Oh, were, you mean Beyond the Fringe? Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, wasn't that brilliant? All geniuses. I mean, that book. took my breath away. I mean, he did too. He was a great friend. A great friend. He came and stayed with me about two months. I've never had more fun in my life. I don't think there was anybody funnier. Nobody. Even with the exception of Gilbert. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't you think he was hysterical? Oh, yes. He never missed the ticket. Do you know what I mean? He oh, never yeah. missed yeah. The, the center of the of the joke. He never missed the laugh. Did you get along with Faye Dunaway on, on Supergirl? Because she had a certain reputation. I did. I saw an interview with the director. And he said, when Brenda Vaccaro showed up, everything was fine. Is that what he said? <laughs> yes. Yes. So you, uh, mu you must have had some kind of uh, effect, positive effect on that set. I, You know, I... Because she was known for diva behavior. I made fun of a here. lot of things. You I did. made fun of a lot of things. Like there was this wooden thing that you can stand on in England when you're doing a classic picture, you know, about long gowns and you know, Marie Antoinette hair. Mm -hmm. And you could go out to lunch uh, and pass by her and she was on one of those wooden things just sitting there in this costume that was made for her. And I would just pass by her and say, Jesus Christ, it's just a film. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a film thing. You know, and so I'd get these, I'd get this look. You know, it was like she thought I was just, you know, also... You're the comic relief. I didn't for that put movie. a put put up with her shit. You yeah. know, one time, this is the most amazing moment I've ever had. As a matter of fact, I'm off camera, left. She's in a car. It's her close up, right? She's getting ready to have to have it shot, and you know what she said? I don't want your face in it. I don't need you. Turn your back. I said. I went like this. You you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> And she said, yes, I am. Turn your back. I don't want to see your face. I looked at Janot, the director. I said, Janot. <clears throat> and he said, Faye, 
Darling, we're just going to shoot this one line. It's on you. It's over very quickly. Brenda's here to deliver the line to you. I don't want her face. I just turned around and walked off the set. Wow. If she started that shit, I just like, you know, or she would do things like, I told you a quarter of an inch, not an inch. And I'd watch her treat this wonderful woman who were doing the costumes. Can't remember her name now. I'm so sorry because she was just such an angel. She would terrify people, terrify people. And she was walking off the set one day and the crew was laughing at me because I was walking funny at my heels. And she said, what are you doing? What's she doing? You know, and the camera operator, who was Freddie, who had worked with every famous person in the world, right? The operator said, we'll never tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said, nothing, Faye, just keep going. Oh, all right, you're getting laughs. You know, she was, I don't know, she was competitive. Interesting. She was, yeah, she had difficult, difficult time. But you and, made it, but you made it work. Well, I, I did for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure for her. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I think I'm sad to say she's a, she was a brilliant actress. I'm sad to say that, you know, personally she struggles, you know, you can see the struggle. But my God, look at her work when she was young. It was brilliant. Network, she was incredible. Wonderful. Bonnie and Clyde. Wonderful work yeah. in a lot of films. Great actress. Yeah. Great actress. I really admire her for that. Speaking of difficult actresses. Yeah. As a young actress, you found yourself sharing a stage with the great Lauren Bacall. <laughs> in, the, in, in the play Cactus You're picking Flower. all the bitches. I mean, <laughs> Speaking the bitches, oh no, have you got a piece of candy? I need candy for this. Yeah, just to calm myself. Um, mm. We don't have to talk about it <laughs> if, if, if it's too unpleasant. Actually, I never met anybody stronger. I never met anybody who had such con- conflicted feminine kinds of personality. Um, like, for instance, telling me that she was going to marry Frank Sinatra and she put it in the paper that they were engaged and he never talked to her again. She was at a club and late at night after the show and she got drunk and she told me this. And I could see that her heart was broken, you know. Um, and at the same time, just be so impossible, you know, be so impossible. The crew had sandbags all over here. Hanging. I said, to one of the guys, what is all that? He said, we're going to drop him on her. Wow. Crew hated her. Um, you know, Barry, Lels- Barry Nelson and her had an affair. They Barry were madly Nelson. mad for each other, which is great. She was in the Ingrid Bergman part. In the cac- yes. To, to, to use the Cactus Flower of the movie as an analogy. You were the ingenue. You yes. were the Goldie Hawn part. Yeah, Goldie Hawn, yeah. Right, right. And it was like a great experience to work with her. She almost didn't... I'll tell you here, this is the best story about her. <clears throat> we're all in a bar scene where we're sitting in a, a round um, sort of table and a booth. And um, she's supposed to go, Robert Moore, she's supposed to go like this to Robert Moore and he's supposed to go <sighs> like that because she wants to shut him up. And it's Barry Nelson, me... Robert and her. Well, he didn't come up. <laughs> he was still 
like this down the hill. And I thought, what's going on? But I had lines. I had things to do. All you would do is like, you'd look and he didn't come up yet. And so afterwards he came to tell me what she said. When he went off stage, she went, Jesus, Bob, my arm, my elbow. She could care less about what happened to him. He oh. lost his breath. Oh. <laughs> she went, Jesus Christ, Bob, oh. my elbow. She heard her elbow knocking the breath out of Can you believe? Can you believe? So need I say more? It was just sort of like... These are two of the most famous divas in show business history. Yeah, right, right. Lauren Bacall and Faye Dunaway. And your paths crossed with both of them. Lucky you. I know, right, right, right. No, but I learned a lot, let me tell you. I'll bet. I'll bet. Speaking of Sinatra, you did a movie with Sinatra, The First Deadly Sin. Yeah. He was nice to you. He was adorable to me. Thank God. What a blessing. <laughs> and he met my mother and he talked Italian to her. I oh, almost wow. died because he never, I never knew he talked Italian. He was talking Italian to her. And then when my mother walked back to, this, to the thing, he said, well, now I know where you get your beauty from. It was just so sweet. Oh, nice. He was great. He was great with me. The funny thing about it was we had a scene, our very first scene together. My name was Mrs. Gilbert. His was Detective Edmund. Say she remembers her ca- her character's name. Mrs. Gil- well, this moment was was history. Wow. History. You know how he was the one take Charlie. Sure, he wouldn't, and wouldn't rehearse. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> he said, "Mrs. Edmund," in the first take, and I went. <clears throat> he went. What I said? I'm Mrs. Gilbert. You're Detective Edmund. He went. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Frank, he went, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Brian, let's do it again. Brian Hutton was the director. Sure. And so he does it again, and he called me again, Mrs. Edmund. <laughs> and he went, oh, shit, like that. And I said, are you nervous? What's wrong with you, you little funny guy? <laughs> What's going saying on? That's a Sinatra. Yeah, and he was laughing. He started to laugh. He I thought mean. you were Sicilian, or what did he say? Your name ends in an O, so you must yeah, be Sicilian. Yeah. Oh, he's that's the first thing he said to me. Yeah. You can have anything you want. And I said, What does that mean? You know, me in my mouth. I should have said, Thank you very much. Here's what I want. A nice big car. You know, but he he said, Yeah, you can have anything you want. I said, Why? And he said, Brenda, your name ends in O. I said, what does that mean? And then he hit my arm. He said, you're Sicilian. And I went, oh, oh, okay, I get it. I love that. Because I didn't really realize what he was saying. And then when I was in London, I called up to try to get tickets. You know, he was at um, that famous uh, Albert Hall. Mm -hmm. And Jilly got on the phone. Yeah, you in town? I said, yeah, I just want to come and hear him tonight. I'd love to hear him. And he said, okay, tell you what, meet me at the stage door. I said, okay, but I have John Schlesinger and a friend of his, Michael Childers. Would it be possible? He says, who's that? I said, this is the director of Midnight Cowboy. I don't know. He said, tell him to go to the, I'll leave tickets at the box office, but you backstage. So I go backstage right after John and Michael are standing online to get their tickets. And I go backstage, and I don't see anybody. Jilly walks, and then all of a sudden, Jilly walks away. And I know Fifth Dimension is out there singing, 
and he's going to go on after fifth dimension. So I'm saying, I got to do, I got to get my seed. And all of a sudden the door opens and there's a shaft of light that comes out. And he walks out in the shaft of light. He says, hey, doll, what are you doing in London town? And I isn't that great? That's great. I walked over and I said, oh, I'm just here seeing John Schlesinger. He looked at me and he says, great. I said, how come you see people before the show? Don't you see them after the show? Aren't you nervous before? And he said, I'm as cool as a cucumber. I'll never remember. I'll never forget <laughs> about that. Where did you hear that ever? Look, I've never look at heard Brenda it. calling in favors from Jilly Rizzo. <laughs> I know. I did. I did. And so then he just all of a sudden, Fifth Dimension came running past us, and he walked to the entrance to the stage. You want to know something? I've never heard a noise like that again in my life. That noise was huge. Fame. From when, that audience. It knocked me, all, and I mean this sincerely, it almost knocked me up against the wall. How about that? Whew, it was like so large, so loud, so big. And it was like he gave me one of the moments of my life. Do you uh, hear that noise? To have that, that. What are and you it, doing in London town, the, doll? The sound still stays with you all these yeah, years Yeah, oh my God, it was so, whoosh. It was so, I mean, it was human voices screaming at the top of their lungs. Gil, Jilly Rizzo did not see Midnight Cowboy, for the record. Yeah. Really? <laughs> he didn't know, Why? He didn't know who John Slesinger was. Jilly never was. did anything except follow <laughs> Frank around. I mean, you know, he didn't. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Here's one of Gilbert's Did, favorite actors. Who's Robert that? Shaw. Oh, he's a friend of yours. Oh, yes. Very, very good friend. <laughs> I loved him. He was a very sharp guy. Yeah. He gave me advice about Michael. And, you know, he was just like a father. He said, go home. Don't you dare drive out to Malibu and see that other man. You go home. It's the holidays. Behave yourself. 
you know, in my trailer, yeah. I was doing Sarah, and he was doing that movie, um, Jaws, that movie. Yeah. Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so anyway, he just gave, he was wonderful, always. He said, if you, if you behave and uh, you listen to what I say, I'll stop smoking and drinking. How about that? Hmm. How much? How he much, lied. <laughs> how much of your parent of your success did your parents? Because your father was skeptical. Skeptical at the beginning. You told your father you didn't want to go to college. Yeah, broke his heart. You and you knew where you wanted to go, as you like to say. I know where I'm going, Wendy Hiller. You knew you were destined for Broadway. Wendy Hiller, I love that movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. I know. Uh, they were skeptical. At least your dad was skeptical. Why did she have to pick this? When they Why did my daughter pick the one thing that'll probably constantly disappoint her? And his whole thing about a college, he said, do you realize that four years is going to be the last time you're that free again? He said, you have freedom like you'll never feel again. And you have all that knowledge under your belt that no one can take away from you. Mm -hmm. Why would you throw that away? Because I know where I'm going. Where are you going? I'm going to New York to be on the stage, Dad. He went, oh, God. He couldn't believe it. I think it just broke his heart. I mean, here was somebody that got off the boat. Right. Sure, of course. And got himself a scholarship at NYU. My name is Brenda Buell Vaccaro. Dean Munn Buell put him through college with a scholarship. And he named you so after him. So he named me after him. That's nice. And he became a corporate lawyer. So, I mean, you know, for this guy, that she said no ass power. He knew what he was talking about. <laughs> but, but My father had ass power. But here you are now on the stage with Lauren Bacall and 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 all of and, and Milton Berle and all of the, and you're in a, you're in the year's best picture in 1969. These he are not live. small things. He didn't live to see them. No, I'm sorry. He saw me in one play, which Clifford Odets has played the flowering peach. I played the whore. He came backstage. It was in <laughs> Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Barack Lumet directed it. That was Sidney's father. I didn't even know that. Oh. I, didn't I just wanted the dress. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sidney Lumet's father directed Barack you. Lumet, yeah. How about that? And my father came backstage and he said, well, I said, what'd you think? He said, you have a voice to work on one. And he said, but I would prefer that you listen to Catherine Cornell. Do you know who she is? I said, no, Dad, I don't. He said, find a recording of her because I want you to hear her voice. You have to take care of your voice if you're going to do this, and you can't smoke. I said, but I do smoke. He said, I said you can't smoke. But he was, that was his advice. I'm sorry he didn't get to see more I of know, you. me too. How about too. your mom? He was 53 when he died. Oh, that's too young. Much too young. Coronary thrombosis, same as poor old, <clears throat> what was her, oh, I love her so much, the writer. Her husband died that way at a dinner table. Um, the writer, brilliant. God, do you remember they wrote an article about her? If it you was, give me more information, I could throw come up with a name. She's a she's Joan Didion. Oh, Joan Didion. Yeah, Greg, uh, yeah, Gregory. They, uh, this guy was interviewing her. You would love this story. And he said, "Listen, I just want to know. You wrote a story about a woman." in the Haight-Ashbury days, who was walking about her apartment. You were in the apartment. And he said, and the little girl who was a daughter who was four or five years old was on LSD, and so was the woman. The woman had put her daughter on LSD. And I mean, I know you're a writer, but what, what came over you that you wouldn't try to stop it or try to save that little girl? And she sort of looked to the side. She looked straight ahead, looked up at him and said, 
it was gold. Is that a great line? That's, that's a great line. Because she wouldn't disturb it because she was a writer. And this was, I mean, it's ruthless. But at the same time, it's so honest. It's so, it was gold. Let me ask you a question about. Isn't that a great, I love the, was Argon was in New York Magazine and I was like, I love, is it the New Yorker? The New Yorker. I like that one. I don't but your, like them. But your mom and, Mar- and Aunt Margie got to see a lot of your success. Yeah, they did. Aunt Marge made a dress every, every opening night. She That's made a nice. dress. Let me ask you a question about Gilbert that we've asked a lot of actors on this show. Okay. Oh, well, Gilbert, what am <laughs> I going to say? He knows where I'm going. You, you know Gilbert's a comedian, a, a very accomplished comedian. Yes, I do. Uh, in your opinion, could Gilbert pull off a dramatic role? Yeah. She didn't hesitate, Gil. Boy. That's the speed record why? for yeah. You no, sound like me. Boy. He That's said all boy. I do is asking yeah, yeah. boy. <laughs> because people who know comedy really well know tragedy just as well, and they have a sense of sadness that goes beyond a regular person. You know. They, How about that, Gil? Boy, don't you think it's true, I, though? I, yeah, I think that's the best answer we've ever gotten on. We've that. asked a lot of people that question. And what did they show. say? Everyone everyone to a person didn't hesitate. We asked Treat Williams. What did he say? We yes. Asked, you said they all said but yes. But you know Richard why? Kine. Because actors know that anybody, or if you do comedy, you well understand tragedy. They're too close. They're way too close. Do you see him in a, as Ratso in the Midnight Cowboy remake? <laughs> I don't know. Could be. Could be. And Ratso could have that laugh, which would be joyous, because it would be in so incongruous as to the way he looked in his whole sense of life. I mean, a hustler with that laugh? It's perfect. It's perfect. Before we get you out of here, Brendan, the stories have been Oh, wonderful. I'm not going anywhere. Okay, great. <laughs> couple of more names. Michael Caine. Oh. You did a film called Water. Well, you name name English people I adore. Yes. But Glenda you... Jackson, they're all my friends. Julie Christie, I adore them, adore them, adore them. The I wish English these women the were best. still on the screen. I'd love to see Glenda Jackson oh. and Julie Christie and, and all of these people. I know. Glenda's in, in a new Red movie. Grave. What's that new movie that just is out recently? Is she still working? It's about, is it about the maid and Josh, Joshua, he played Prince... Charles in The Crown, Josh Miller. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen The okay, Crown. Okay, Glenda's yeah. in a cut. So she's working. Here and there, she Good does. Good to see. She does. Good to see. But this film, Water, uh, which was a, uh, a comedy, I think you shot it in St. Lucia. And it's interesting because you do the whole thing with a Guatemalan accent. I know. <laughs> <laughs> a boy like that, he killed my brother. <laughs> That's how I got the part in Sardis. It was Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet, and they were sitting there. They said, what do you think of the part? <laughs> I said, oh, I don't know. I think <laughs> a boy like that, he killed my brother. <laughs> you know, and so Dick Clement said, I think that's it. <laughs> I think she's got it. So I had Mrs. Irma, who was working for me at the time, record all my lines. And they would say, I don't want these boots. Bootsa. <laughs> and she said, for boots. <laughs> you and Kane have nice chemistry in that movie. And I Dick Sean's in it. He picks you up and carries you off in one scene. Sean? Dick Sean. Oh, yes. Yes. He died. Yeah, he so died young. He died on stage. Do you know how stage. he died? On stage. On stage. Yeah. He just got up. Yeah. And he went to a corner and he laid down and died. Yeah. Somehow it's just amazing, isn't it, how some people decide to go, how they leave. 
I have to ask you this question because Dino Preserpio, who runs our Instagram account, said, please ask Brenda, and we love you, Dino, please ask Brenda about a movie she did with Don Stroud called House by the Lake. Oh, yeah. Well, I always say Don Stroud's the only man I ever really loved. Wow. Yeah. I really was crazy about him. I mean, crazy to the point where you're down on the rug and Aretha Franklin is is playing on the, and you're smoking a cigarette, drinking whiskey, and the phone rings and you get up and run to it and go, Don, yeah, are you on your way? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Does that make sense? Dara, do you feel that way about Gilbert? <laughs> Dara, I couldn't help myself. I was lost. I was lost. Do you, do you run down. to the phone when Gilbert calls, Dara? Do you, huh? With with a, with a snifter of brandy? But can you understand that kind of love? Good actor, and he's still with us. Don and yeah, Stratt. he is. He yeah. calls every. He t- you talk to him every couple. We're of... gonna get him on this show. Oh, he's wonderful. We love Don Stroud. He is an angel. He is a great guy. Married to a lovely lady named Terry, who takes care of him. And he lives in Hawaii, he does his swimming, he's like so healthy and well. Um, he's a great friend. You have worked with everybody. Wasn't he in a Twilight Zone? I, he might have been. I think he, he worked the, all the time. He's a lot. Yeah. He's in a lot of stuff. I think where he, he trades uh, character traits with other people in it, like understanding or bravery. Yes. Or, yeah. He's, He's a, wonderful. He would put on a wig. He would do kind of characters. And he drove around Universal the lot on a motorcycle with the thing around his head, you know, the whole Dennis Hopper yeah, thing. Yeah. And he was like crazy when he was young. But um, a very, very uh, commanding, magnetic human being. Just amazing. Just amazing. to make you remember some of the character actors that you've worked with uh, over the years. We mentioned Roddy McDowell. We mentioned Ben Gazzara. We mentioned uh, uh, Harry Gardino. I love these names. Bob Dishy and Tony Lobianco. Oh, Bob, Bob Dishy was brilliant. We had we had Tony Morrison. on this show, believe it or not. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, these are great names. Sidney Pollack. Yeah, not wow, a, I did. was an actor. Honey, he was my teacher him? at yeah, the I know. neighborhood playhouse. I know. Another he great got, name. He just got out of the military, was it? He just got out of the military and he came to the neighborhood playhouse. And I did Waiting for Lefty, which was, who wrote that? Somebody o- famous. Odette. Thank you. Yeah. And I did that scene, and he said, now this is the kind of acting we're looking for at the Playhouse. And I remember thinking, I like this teacher. <laughs> and Gilbert, she worked with Christopher Hewitt. Oh. <laughs> that Englishman? Mr. Belvedere. Yes. He saucy? Okay. He was very saucy. Gil- Gilbert's got yeah. a story okay. for you. Tell me. I remember I was on the set where that, uh, was being shot, Mr. Belvedere. Oh, yes. I was doing some other on appearance on some show or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were the first to hear this news story and that, that uh, Mr. Belvedere was put in an ambulance and taken away because he accidentally sat on his balls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! You know this story, Brenda? No. <laughs> I, I never heard this story. He accidentally said No, I, I'm sorry to hear it though. Yes, I mean, they must have been a pair of balls that were <laughs> rather extraordinary in the world of balls. <laughs> you ever work with Cesar Romero? No. Okay. Well, maybe Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. I you think know, a comedy he... show maybe. 
Okay, Gilbert's got a Gilbert's got a he story. He would always yeah. tell me. Yeah, he would always play like the leading man, you know, yes. the romantic. But in real life, he was gay, and what he was into was having uh, a bunch of boy toys surrounding <laughs> him, and and he would uh, stand naked and bend over, and they would throw orange wedges at his ass. Are you serious? Have yes. you heard this? Yes. Did it have to be orange wedges? <laughs> Some people have told me they thought it was tangerine. That's the Tangerine's only argument. Or nectarine. I mean, I can't believe the story. Is this story amazing? I love the stories you have, honey. You're free to tell that one. As, as, they are the best. You're free to tell that one, Brenda. That is great. Here's a couple of more names, Gil. Uh, she was in a Naked City episode with Al Lewis and Sorrel Book. Oh, I don't know who God. that is. And, and uh, well, he was Grandpa on the Munsters. Yeah. Okay. Al Lewis. I like you know more than me. David, David Jansen you worked with. Oh, I loved David Murray Jansen. Hamilton you worked with. Yeah. And, and oh, he was interesting. Murray Hamilton was interesting. Yeah, we like him. Kim Stanley criticized my performance with him. Kim Stanley did. Mm. Wow. wow. Yes. I worshipped her. You worked with Carol O'Connor. Yes. You worked with yes. Jack so, Palance. And Sorrel Book was... Uh, what was Sorrel boss, Book? Uh, boss, I know the name. Yeah. I just can't place him. He was in Bye Bye Braver Men, Sidney Lumet's movie with and, Jessica. And okay. most, most famous, uh, Dukes of Hazzard. Oh, boss yeah. Hogg. Okay. Kenneth Mars you worked with. Oh, my God. Wasn't he brilliant? Stubby K, James Coco. These James are great names. James Coco, I know. Stubby K. Yeah. <laughs> Stubby K was Peggy in the Cass. show I did with Eileen Heckert. Yes. And you work with a very young Gene Hackman yeah. in two plays that closed. One, I believe, closed in two nights, and one, I believe, closed after seven performances. Yeah. And they, uh, Gene Hackman and Dustin Hoffman were going to the same acting school. Yeah, they were very fond of each other. They hung out. They were roommates. Yes. And they, they were picked by the acting school as the two least likely to make it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Wow. Well, Gene had been a mover. You know, he was with a moving company. Yeah. yeah. He would move people's furniture <laughs> into new places. So it was so funny to think of him as a guy that handled furniture. You know what I mean? And now was this really highly artistic actor. What an actor. Yeah, what an actor. Did you read the Mike Nichols book? Yes. Wasn't that great? Mark Davis is a really yeah. good writer. Yeah. I think Dustin Did you write, what about, you have to see Sharon Gless's book. Did you see it? No. It says, apparently there were a few complaints. <laughs> That's the name of the book. Wow. Which is just great the title. greatest title. Mark Harris, will correct the author's name of the uh, oh, did uh, I, Mark book. Davis, yeah, Mark I'm, forgive when me. Yeah, okay. yeah, thank you for okay. correcting okay. me. Good when man. Dustin Hoffman moved out of Gene Hackman's house, he moved in with Robert Duvall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. All those guys knew each other and they were all linked. And guess what? Laura Nero, that fabulous singer. Lover. Who was a great friend of mine, was in love with Bobby De Niro and they were together for a while. I Whoa. did not know this. Yeah. She could have been Laura Nero De Niro. <laughs> Can you imagine? But she was crazy about him. Crazy about you him. You love Laura Nero. Sweet Blindness. All those great songs. She, I didn't know you were a friend of hers. Mm -hmm. Could do a whole interview about. You know Laura what Nero. she did? She said, "Come to the studio and watch me record a song." And stay. I said, "I will," because I want you to see the process, and then I want to come to your rehearsal. 
for your play, and I want to see the process. Can I sit in the audience for as long as I want? And I said, yes. She came and sat for four hours and watched a rehearsal. Wow. And I went to her studio and watched her sing. What was it, Party? Downtown. Um, oh, God, I can't think of the song now. She wrote some wonderful songs. Oh, she was just so brilliant. She was brilliant. And talk about leaving us too early. Yes, right. A, a, a brilliant talent. I don't know who you haven't worked with. And the directors, you know, Stanley Kramer, Schlesinger, uh, Barry, Susan Seidelman, Seidel, uh, Joseph Sargent, Tarantino. You've done everything Quentin you've worked with everybody. Quentin was so great. Do you like working Do with Tarantino? Do you know Quentin? Um, cut me out of the movie because it was not me, but that scene, which was a flashback. Yeah. And it was Al Pacino and me. Right. Like you were Mrs. he Schwartz. was an agent. And we were walking down this thing and saying hello to the guy who shows the movie every night. The You know, the, the guy that runs it, the projectionist. Yeah. And we would walk and sit down on a couch and he'd say, can I get you a drink, darling? What would you like? And I said, oh, whatever you think. And he... He would, the line was, I can't remember what he said. Oh, Jesus, I'm not going to. He was hysterical. He was so, mint tulip. He didn't say mint julep. <laughs> mint tulip. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I'll have a tulip. <laughs> oh, God. Then he tried to do it again as he walked away. And sure enough, he said, mint tulip again. <laughs> so, you know, we, we went ahead and said, all right, let's forget that. Let's just go make a drink and whatever. We worked on the scene and we did it. And he didn't put it in the movie, not because of those mistakes, because it ended up being an okay scene. Yeah, It just wasn't time for it. There were too yeah. many other things that his, his, as his directorial sense told him, this doesn't need to be in the movie right now, yeah. right? But he left the back of my head in and my name. Yep. In the cast. That's why we put it in the intro. So I know it. So we would. So I would get residuals. Is that classy? That's really or classy. It's so great that he did. You that. like doing cartoon voices, by the way, yes. too, because Gilbert does a ton of them. I love it. Isn't it fun? Yes. Yeah. That that's a lot of fun to do. I did Scruple on the on. Um, but opposite Paul Winchell. Oh, oh my God! Wow. You worked with Paul Winchell, and you worked with Frank Welker. Yes, who's a oh genius. My God. Yeah, he he can do a leaf shimmering on a tree. He's a genius. He's yes. a genius. He's one of those. Uh, there's there's a bunch of those voiceover guys, who when they do a nature special, they hire them to make the animal noises. That's right. Do you know that Frank Welker did all the dinosaurs in the movie? Um, Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah, he's a brilliant talent. I know. Love to get him on here. You were in The Critic, Johnny Bravo, American Dad, The Smurfs. You've done a ton of this stuff. You really like it. It's fun to yeah. do, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I love the people you work with. They're Gil great. Gilbert's had a whole second career doing I doing, have too. doing animation. It's really wonderful. And I think the people are very different. Yes. But they're, they're fun to work with. Yes. I loved it. Are yes. you going to be uh, on the, the next season of second of the Sex and the City? Nobody's reboot? asked me. Okay, so <laughs> it's early in the game still. I'm, I'm gracefully waiting to hear, but if not, I'd had a wonderful experience doing it. I loved everybody I worked with, and um, I just hope I'm glad it's coming back. I think his point about being able to start your life all over again at age 50 mm -hmm. and still be in love and have romance and mm -hmm. have a job and have a new career 
whatever it is, I think it's so wise of Michael Patrick King He's to take man. the girls up at this age. Yep. And so what? There's a few missing. Let's calm down. Sure. People change. People die. You know, things happen. But to see that family still go on. Plus, you get the bonus of Mario Cantone. Oh, I know. He's so heavenly. He's so <laughs> He's funny. heavenly. He is so heavenly. We adore him. I do you hear that, too. Mario? We're calling you heavenly. He is. He why don't you is. Write I love a, him. Why don't you write a memoir, my dear? I don't know. I got that from Adriana Trigiami the other day. She Listen, said, I she want knows you what she's to think about. about it. And I said, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't sit and do all this. I can't write it. And I can write a letter really well. We could do a transcript of this show. <laughs> and you be know what memoir. my father used to say? Because this is a great thing. You'll all love it. Say it to your kids. You have kids? You have kids? Anyway. <laughs> they do. My father said, never stop writing letters, Brenda. I said, why? He said, because as you get older, you get better at it. And one day, my dear, it may serve you well. And every letter I've ever written, even trying to lower my mortgage in L.A., uh -huh. I won. Wow, I won. the power of letter writing. Yes, the power. You must write a you very know persuasive what it is? letter. Because people have to sit still. They have to hold it. They have to read it, interpret it. It's not talking. You can't get out of nothing. You can't get out of it. You got to finish it unless you go squish and throw it out because it says you're a prick or something. <laughs> you know, so but they, you so, know what I'm saying. So Gilbert and Dara have two children, so they should tell them to write letters. Oh, I think it's a great <laughs> idea. Do the kids do cursive? Letters work. They don't, yeah. huh? They sometimes, don't anymore. but you know what? Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And it's okay when they don't. It doesn't matter. It's been done. <laughs> don't you think so, honey? Oh, yeah. I love letters. It's kind of like when... Uh, I hate when I'll get something on the computer that's just like some animated thing that yes. they, they send out like a mass to each. Because, yeah, there used to be, you would see uh, somebody somebody actually had to write the words on a piece of paper. That's right. Yeah. Well, they, I just and, said... you, and, and, you know, every year, well, is it Christmas time, you have to give the people in the building a card and yeah. money in it. Yeah. Those people that serve you well and are I really write, nice. I write. I write. I handwrite them all. A note. Ann Roth said a great thing to me, Brenda. When you get older, just move in a very classy building with thirty men in service. You don't need a husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, here's the key. I put the money in. Dara, do you hear this? I'm listening. Thank you, baby. You put the. Well, there's only one woman in here. I wanted to hear her say something. Uh, I put. You put the money in. And then I wrote a little thing on the side. It's very nice. You know, rather than just yeah. the money. Sure. Like, thank you for this, and I'll never forget when you helped me carry the logs upstairs, whatever the tree, Baba. You know, so this guy's in the elevator. His name is Salvatore. And he said, Mr. Vaccaro, can I say something? I said, yes, Sal, what? He said, well, I was very grateful for your Christmas gift. This was like three weeks, four weeks ago. Christmas has been over a long time. And he said, I want to thank you for that money, but I really, he said, the card meant more to me than anything. How about that? Mm. And I thought, well, okay, that's, that, that's, that's it, Gad. You won. Do you, know that Gil again. do you know that Gilbert writes me a handwritten thank you note after every show? <laughs> do you, baby? He really does a lot of work. I have 410 <laughs> of them. Jesus Christ, honey. I papered the bathroom with them. Oh. So so touching. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, but first a word from our sponsor.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you want, uh, here's your parting gift. Do you want another John MacGyver impression from Gilbert or would you like to hear his James Mason? I'd like to hear your James Mason. Congratulations, my dear. I seem to have made it just in time. I, I had a speech all prepared in my head, then <laughs> seems to have gone out of it. Well, there's no need to be so formal. I I know most of you on a first-name basis. And I, well, I need a job. Yes, that's, that's it. That's my speech. I need a, a job. job. <laughs> you need, I can not just drama, I can do comedy as well. Oh, my God. That is, <laughs> that is brilliant. That what a is, mimic. Well, that's just heaven. Listen, I want to tell you, I've had the best time. I love all of you. It was so wonderful to be here. Oh, you're Thank sweet. Thank you for being so informed, so gracious, making it so easy and fun to do. Oh, if you- it wasn't for you and all that information and you... <laughs> My darling, you're doing the right thing by being here. You are so charming. I'm glad to meet you and work with you. At least we had this. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Brenda, you're a legend, and and we're thrilled that you did this. Oh, me too. And our fans will eat it up. Oh, I hope so. And we'll send it to Sally. I forgot a lot of facts, but I don't know. My memory's getting not too good. (laughs) Before you run out, you replaced Rita Moreno, Sally's bete noir. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> ah. in, in, in The Odd Couple. Yes. What happened when you showed up? She dropped to her knees downstairs and said, I knew there was a God. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so awkward because I knew who she was talking about. <laughs> we love Sally. But I love Sally. Wasn't she great? And Yeah. And everything. Yeah, yeah, and everything. They love her in Maine. You are amazing. It was a pleasure to work with you. Thank you, my dear. I wish you were writing me lines. <laughs> You're great. Never say never. Uh, yeah, right, we'll, exactly. We'll write some letters to the doorman. My God, yeah. Aren't they lucky to have you on that show? Thank you, dear. Yeah. You're very sweet. Yeah, true. Can I send you in when it's time for contract negotiations? Sure. <laughs> you know, I got a mouth on me. <laughs> You like, gotta listen, write a you gotta write a book. You think so? Or a one woman show. Oh my god. Have we ever had anybody on this show who's worked with so many oh, icons? God, yeah. From Sinatra Everybody. to Lucy to Pacino Isn't to it Warren Beatty to I never think about it, but I I, I, I agree with you. I'm astounded. My god. I'm astounded. But you know every single time it was a pleasure and an honor. Every single time. I'm glad you have gratitude. It's been a great ride. Oh, my God. Such gratitude. And such, you know, you do learn from people that have been there and are almost through with their journey. And I say the same thing. I've learned. I've learned, you know. And I give now. I give. With Nicolette Sheridan, when she was crying on the set, I went over to her and said, take that Angora hat off your head. Get off this set. Wipe your eyes. Come back on. No crew wants to see you fucking crying. Don't you ever cry in front of a crew again. Wow. And I knew I was right. 
because they all turn their backs and start walking away. So like, you're now you're paying you know it what back. I mean? yeah. They don't want it. They want to go to work. They want to shoot this shit and go to lunch. You're paying it back the way Kirk Douglas. And yes, those yes, yes, did, yes. Did for you. you know, and she was my daughter in the piece. So That's right. I think it was what was it? Paper dolls. Paper dolls. By the way, if you want to say, but I love Nicolette. I hope I hope she hears this and knows how much I love her. If you want to say that that appearing with Gilbert has been the highlight of your career, <laughs> it's okay. It's the highlight of my entire year here, baby. It was Bigger than wonderful. Sinatra. Bigger than Pacino. Oh, absolutely no! Because it's now. Because it was instantaneously. Because we had no choice. <laughs> We were put together and we made it work. Thank you so much, Thank darling. You. Thank you, Brenda. Wonderful. So glad to be a part of your show. I really, uh, really you. am. This was a ride. You want to do a sign-off? Okay. <laughs> From this point on, you'll have no recollection of Joe Pendleton, only of Fonsworth. It's your destiny, Joe. <laughs> if he does that and we put it on a tape and send it to Warren, will Warren come? <laughs> I know he's interview shy. I would try. Okay. Yeah. You talk to him? Yeah. No, well, I mean, I could, but uh. if he answers, but <laughs> we'll be but happy I, with you Don. You know Strug. what? I think he has a wonderful sense of humor. I think he would probably adore this show if he heard it. And I mean, well, he's a splendid fellow. We have to try. I would try. Okay. With Warren, you got to try. We'll give it a yeah. shot. You know, even when I was doing his movie, I had to try to make him laugh. You know what I mean? I had to try to do it. <laughs> good movie, Love Affair. Yes, by the good way. movie. We could we could do five more shows with you, and one day we will. <laughs> oh, thank you, darling. Thanks, Brenda. Well, thank you for having me, and thank and you. Kiss, kiss. Being... And this has been Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. And we've been talking to the one person who has never seen Milton Berle's dick. <laughs> Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> Thank you to Dan Spaventa and Jim McClure here at Sirius. Thank you, Gino Salamone, too. Well, my friends, it is with a heavy heart that I say that's a wrap. At least on the Last episode featuring our dear departed Gilbert. You know, in one way, this was a fitting episode to go out on because after 60 or 70 recordings, pandemic recordings done with me up in New York and Gilbert down in Florida, we actually got to do this one together in studio at Sirius. Just me, Gil, Dara, the guest, and a single engineer, more or less as it began, way back in 2014. And I'm so glad I got to record with him in person one final time. I, I want to take a moment here to express my thanks, starting with Gilbert and Dara. They gave me a great gift, allowing me to sit in a room with icons and living legends and tell them how much they meant to me and to give them the tribute we felt they deserved. And I'll forever be indebted to them for that. And Dara and I are also indebted to the dozens of dedicated and uh, indispensable people who help deliver and promote this show every week, from engineers to editors to publicists, bookers, talent managers, agents, uh, the social media team, uh, and dependable and invaluable and loyal, the people who uh, launched and oversaw the fan pages. I, I can't possibly thank all these people by name at this moment, but we'll do so on social media in the coming weeks. They deserve that and a lot more. We also have to thank the hundreds of guests 
who took this crazy ride with us, uh, many of whom we've lost along the way. Uh, I'm, I'm terribly grateful to them for, uh, for agreeing to do the show. And as for the people who we lost, none of them will ever be forgotten, and we hope that these interviews will contribute to their legacies. And finally, to all of you, to the listeners who showed up by the thousands and astounded and inspired us with your passion and your devotion and your support, including all the beautiful, lovely messages I've received in the last two weeks, which I appreciate. It's almost a decade later, and I still don't think I've fully grasped how much our little labor of love has meant to people. Gilbert and I would talk about it on the phone, and we we couldn't get over it. We couldn't. Words can't begin to convey our surprise and, and our gratitude. We started this show as a lark, as I've said many times. I, I don't think anyone, certainly not us, thought it would resonate so strongly and with so many people over the course of eight years and some 600 shows, let alone spawn this wonderful, passionate online community and extended family. It's funny, when we started way back with Dick Cavett, my wife left a little note uh, in the office um, in our apartment that said, build it and they will come. And you guys really did come. And boy, she was right. Speaking for myself, getting to meet and interact with so many of you on social media and on Patreon has been a privilege and a joy. It's enriched my life. This was a show born out of love and affection. And to see that love returned by so many of you was something I will always treasure and never forget. And uh, I, I will add that as much as as much fun and as much pleasure as you guys got from listening to this podcast, believe me when I tell you that we had even more fun making it. It was our pleasure to do it and to share it. Uh, I can't say what the future holds, but in the coming weeks we will try to assemble a final memorial episode with some of Gil's favorite people and some of his friends, so stay tuned for that. Dara and I will put that together. And until then, we're going to say goodbye for now with a clip. I searched through a dozen or so, and I settled on this one because I can't recall a moment when Gilbert was more exuberant or gleeful than he was on this particular night and on this particular moment back in Nutmeg. So as we say goodbye and sign off on the very last Gilbert episode, uh, allow me to quote my ingenious, hilarious, lovable, irreplaceable, amazing, colossal friend and partner when I say, oh, thank you. Are you familiar with tie <laughs> yellow I, ribbon? I, I think so. Okay. <clears throat> Are we ready? Can I play the music? You want to sing it with me? Yes. Wait a minute. Okay. I'll give you the music. You're really going to sing this with me? Yes. He doesn't have you a and game. I, karaoke time? Yes. We're going to do a karaoke yes. with my idol? Yes. Why? <laughs> Let's do it. Come on. You start it. Go ahead. Okay. I'm coming home. Wait, wait start again. Start again. <laughs> it's the wrong fucking key. He's singing in the key of Z. He doesn't Let's have do a key. This. I was going to tell you. Right. Go ahead. Do it again, Frank. I'm, 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 I'm coming home. I've done not my yet. time. Not yet. Start again. Rick, you'll put the headphones Please. on. You got music. Let's do this right. Oh, I've got right. music? This is our big moment. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's start. And I'll give you the cue when to start. Go like, ahead. like, yeah. Go. Take <laughs> your time. Okay, baby. You're coming up any second now. Go for it. Gilbert. 
coming home, I've done my time. <laughs> Now I've got to know what is and isn't mine. If you receive my letter telling you I'd soon be free, then you'll know just what to do. Hurry! If you still want me, get to it. If you still want oh, me, I'm so impressed. Tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. It's been three long years. Do you still want me? If I don't see a ribbon round the old oak tree, I'll stay on the bus. Forget about us. Put the blame on me. Go ahead. If I don't see a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. Why am I sounding like you? <laughs> okay, Gilbert, come on. Bus driver, please, please look for me. <laughs> Cause I, I couldn't bear to see what, what I might see. <laughs> I'm, I'm really still, still in prison. Can and they tell who's who? <laughs> A simple <laughs> yellow ribbon's what I need to set me free. I wrote and told her, please. I wrote, I wrote her and told her, her Okay, give it. It's on you now. Chorus, go ahead. An old oak tree. Tie a ribbon around the 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 old oak tree. Just get on the bus. Forget about us. Put the blame on me. I know why she marry you. She sings like you too. The yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Tie a hand for Gilbert. Yes, sir. Yes. This was a first. Oh.